Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Dope Black Disabled Podcast, home of unapologetic blackness, disability advocacy, pride and representation, and conversations that go there. Join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag DBDisabledPod. That's hashtag D-B-D-I-S-A-B-L-E-D-P-O-D. Let's get talking. Welcome to the Dope Black Disabled Podcast. This is a place we talk about life, career, love, faith, spirituality, society and pop culture joyfully and truthfully through the lens of disability. I'm Kimmy. I'm Debolo. I'm Hortense. Yes. And welcome to your favorite new podcast. Now, this is a voice test for the listeners that need it. So, hi, I'm Kimmy. This is my voice and this is the range of my voice and it might go up, it might go down and in the middle, but when you hear these dulcet tones, it's Kimmy speaking. How do you sound, Debola? Oh, this is me. I'm the baritone of the group today, so it doesn't get much higher than this, never gets much lower than this. Yeah. Barry White. Now, we're going to introduce our guest, Hortons, but before we introduce you, give us a sample of your voice. What you sound like? I sound just like this, and I might use some Franklish from time to time, so if you don't understand what I mean, I apologize in advance. That's me. We should do the Franklish, so we usually open by saying hi i am and you know insert an emotion insert a mood reflecting the week we've had so since the last time we're together so hi i am flustered unbothered and i I cannot i can adulting is a scam why do i have to pay bills tell me I wanted to grow up and I didn't want to be a teenager and I wanted to leave school. And now I'm expected to pay taxes rent. What is rent? That's a scam. <laughs> okay. Maybe um, I'm a bit tightly wound. I'm sorry. <laughs> Debola, how are you feeling? Well, um, today I just feel very thankful. I've had a very stressful past two weeks. So today I just feel thankful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm grateful for good health. I've had it just a, uh, one of those ones, but I'm just happy. I'm happy I can see your pretty face, Kimmy, and always, always. Hi, Hortins. Hi. Okay, see, (laughs) Dibola is always the the, the paracetamol and I'm the headache. So, Hortins, hi, how are you feeling? Today you're... Today I'm fe- I'm feeling great actually. <clears throat> the past few days I haven't been I haven't been really really well. I was in pain because you know the other day I decided to go around to try and land a shop for uh, for my products and walking around has always come back with pain. So basically I haven't been 
I, I've been out once today, but yesterday wasn't a good day for me. So yeah, I'm recovered now. Mm. I'm good. I am ready. Wow. We love the human body and the way we just give it rest. Yeah. And it will replenish and heal. Definitely. Okay. Mm. So we have an auntie warning in effect as we speak. You know, on YouTube, when they're talking about, you know, showing footage from somewhere else or when they're talking about other people's intellectual property, they say we have a copyright warning in effect. Mm. Well, baby, we have an auntie warning in effect. Because auntie be talking. So um, the auntie warning is that in this house, we say fuck. Yeah, it be like that. You know, we ground, pay taxes. The least I can do is cuss because life is hard. Anyway, so operation affirmation. The affirmation of the week is... Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let me have it. Let me have it. Woo! Let me get my sermon on. The affirmation of the week is is mm. do you want a pianos do you want an organs do you want a church organs <laughs> <laughs> nah i want it i want it to be about the affirmation and not about your organ skills okay. so okay. okay the affirmation is that you do not have to eradicate or fix disability mm. society has us believe that we're broken Preach and we sister. need fixing Preach sister but who I am is not broken. I am more full of purpose now than I've ever been. Now, I don't tolerate, you know, wallowing and sitting in my pain and being like, well, woe is me. However, I have found so much beauty in my community. We are beautiful people. We are varied people. We have resilient spirits and bodies. And our spirits and bodies have carried us through some of some things that might break someone without the experiences that we have so before you go buying into society's narrative that you're broken remember you might be different but you're not broken Mm. and you don't need fixing you need embracing and yes some things we could change in our lives but you don't go anywhere in life believing that you are inherently broken and you are inherently faulty so Success, joy, happiness, fulfillment, and purpose start when you say, I am whole. I am a whole person looking for additional healing and to be my best self. But as I start, I'm whole. Mm. So that's our operation affirmation of the day. How are we feeling about that? Well, I felt that was powerful. I, I could feel the goosebumps in my body. I could just feel myself just getting ready to start preaching, to start doing the church run. How you feeling about that hotel? Do the lap around, the, claim the victory. Do the lap around the vicinity of the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I, I, okay. I, I think I think one more thing should have been added is being mm-hmm. listened to, because mm-hmm. when people see that there's you have a disability or you function differently, you are dismissed, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. barriers are up. And you're no longer listened to because there's already mm. an assumption that is done. So listen to is the thing that is going to help us to move forward. Mm. Yeah, we need to be listened to. If we're not listened to, there's no opportunities. There's no there's no proper treatment in society generally. 
if people don't listen to us to listen, like put their assumption one side and listen to what we're telling them, then it makes it a bit more difficult to listen to. Mm. That was an entire save with your chest, that if was, I'm honest. That was, you said actually, that was your chest. That, that was, yes. We need, we need some of that fire for the end of the show when we say <laughs> thanks with our chest, because that was that. <laughs> <laughs> so the main segment, we call it the crux, is when we get to either dissect a topic or meet an amazing guest. And today, baby, we are in the presence of excellence. In presence of ro- royalty. Anymore? Just, just queening. Just okay. too much queens. Don't, don't lie too thick. Don't, don't lie too thick, please. Because <laughs> I'm not sure I can carry the, that crown is for me. <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> Listen. Okay, so I first met Hortons on Instagram. I believe you were the first person to interact with us the day we launched Dope Like Disabled. Oh, the really? The first day. Okay. You were one of the first ever people to follow us and were so supportive and introduced yourself and we followed you on both accounts and it has been such a joy ever since to know you. So people be like, oh my gosh, um, we want to know who she is. Don't, don't, you know, keep it all to yourself. Mm. <laughs> So, you know, this one day to be Dame Hortons, Julian, is the <laughs> owner of Miss Nang Treats, an artisanal plant-based and nut, nut-based snack brand, right? Beautiful stuff. And she's an accomplished businesswoman and cookbook author who has recently been featured in the Financial Times and our sister magazine, Conscious Being Mag. And Hortons has... Boss, boss. She, yeah, well, she, she, she got she got features on features on features. And, uh, you know, she as I features. said... I can't, lie. I can't even lie. Yeah, you were one of the first people, if not the first, to interact with us uh, when we launched Dope Black Disabled. And I believe the first person we invited to our private community if not one of the first so you are a cherished part of our dope black family but also dope black disabled family but also a great you know part of our history i don't know if you knew that no <laughs> i didn't I, I, I didn't know that look I'm, I'm just being active like i look say about two years ago i in the middle of challenging my body because I was in the middle of uh, the devil's work with neuropathic pains. So I felt like mm. like people were not understanding me at work because like, how do you explain neuropathic pain? One day you're good, the next day you walk around as if you're drunk because the level of medication is just impossible. So because of the the work that I was doing, I was an event manager at the time, so I had to do that. And at my work, I wasn't at that workplace for years and years and years, but I've always had like problems. But my last biggest operation was in 2015 as they tried, they were trying to work out what the problem was with my body because from time to time, over two weeks, it would be like my body would leave me alone. So they would do like head scan, chest scan. It would be like my mm. body's on fire. I don't understand why. And I would be standing in the middle of the office mm. and it would be like somebody like pull an elastic band on the back of my head and I would jump mm. and it was just like mm. my nerves were going crazy. And for 12 years, you know, 
I would go to the doctors. Why? I was going to the doctors and he would think that I'm I'm wasting his time and I would take time off to go to the doctor. So you didn't get diagnosed in this time? I didn't get that. The neuropathic pains didn't get diagnosed because before that I already had like a like a wow. rare form of cancer. So I was living with chronic pains anyway. So I was mm. living with a form of chronic pains anyway. So, and from time to time it would get off the roof and we wouldn't be able to explain why. And my my GP didn't care that I had a rare disease, so I'm supposed to be checked. So I had my my surgery in France, like in France, like if you don't turn up for your visits, like they track you down. Like, hello. So um, I kind of ran away after my chemotherapy. I was like, no, I don't want it anymore. I'm going to England where they don't know me. So I showed up in England with all my wow. stuff, like because my family was like, okay, you're disabled. You can't use the broom. You can't do this. You so I was fed up with all that. I said, okay, let me go over there and see what happened. If I die there, that's fine. So, but arrived here and man, that neuropathic pain was the pain of my life. And then, after 12 years, one day the, the doctor, he says to me, like, I, I was literally sitting, like, I was starting to like being like a recluse because like, I didn't understand what was going on. I worked, they didn't understand me. The GP didn't understand me. And when I was come from, from work, I would like literally crash, shut the windows and not leave my house because I needed to recuperate. Like at that time, like even noise, mm. even noise become pains. Like, like the sound of noise becomes a form of pain as well. Yeah, I know. So then they finally diagnosed me. Oh my gosh, they had put a name to it. Oh, it was like I had won the lottery. Did you feel like really? Did you feel like your experience were validated once you got yeah. diagnosed? Do you feel like you know you're not just making stuff yeah. up because sometimes I find that you know when people just say oh you're putting it on or you're just pretending or it's not that serious, it makes you feel like you're you're maybe over exaggerating things when you're actually yeah. not because no one's inside your body. Yeah. So, do you feel valid? Did you make you feel validated? I, it it made me feel feel validated that there was a name to it. But the thing is, I live alone as well, so people don't tend mm. to see me at my worst. Mm. Like feeling so sad at three a.m. because you can't sleep. You've taken all the medication possible, but you can't sleep. Like I live oh, on the ninth floor, you know. Life. I I, mm. I live on the ninth floor, and people wouldn't see you. So in the morning, I used to had to be at work at nine thirty, but I will wake up at four o'clock. Because at four o'clock, it's like, okay, checking how everything is. Do I need a medication? How many pills do I need to take? So you take the first lot and you see an hour and a half, two hours. How do we look like? Can we leave the bed now type thing? Maybe we can do some stretches to relieve it a bit. I used to like hit the shower at like 6.30. Like having wake up, like it would take me all that time mm. to hit the shower. And then I would relate to this so much. I will leave the home at 7.30, 7 o'clock, 7.30. But I will, I will go to Victoria only by bus because on the days when I was late, if I took the tube, because I'm, I'm very, I'm tall, right? You wouldn't believe me if I told you that there was something going on. Like if I don't tell people oh. I'm disabled from the left hand, they wouldn't know if I tell people that I'm, I'm in, I suffer from invisible disability, they wouldn't know. So I used to dread having to take the tube because... Not only you have the stairs, then you have the corridors, mm -hmm. and then you have the other stairs that is rolling, and then you have corridors again. And then if you get into the tube train, and then there's no space to sit down, 
sometimes I used to write, I get by the time I get to Pimlico, I was in tears. Like you oh. can't hold it because well, it just starts terrible. to rain. Yeah, Pimlico like, is terrible as well because you have to think about the stairs. Yeah, yeah, not even the stairs. Like by the time I get because I haven't sat for all that long. Yeah, all my course. nerves are talking to me at the same time oh, it's like man like the tears and like i would try to do my best to get on top of the escalator and as soon as i finish the escalator i will lean on the on the wall uh, just before the the barriers that you get i will lean on the wall because that will be the first wall that you see mm. lean on the wall and I, and I will crouch like literally baby position like literally wow. with all my stuff caught like just crouching crouching down and then I used to make the the guard there like really panicking because <laughs> like grown women crying they couldn't work out what it is. Mm, I can imagine. I can imagine. But like even if you go even if you go to a disability office so that they can give you some mobility or whatever the GP doesn't believe you. What do you do? That is <laughs> what do you do? Gaslighting. What what do you yeah. do? Yeah. And then and then you need to fix up so that you can get to the office so that these people cannot question you or cannot question your ability to work that day. You know, at some point my my HR because sometimes we used to take the same bus and she will see me, she will see I work and she will be the one carrying my bag to work, you know, wow. and I will follow behind. But this like neuropathic pain is the devil's work. So coming back to that. So telling you why I'm running. So because I couldn't explain neuropathic pains, so I started running. Like I, I would wake up in the morning and when I would take the the, the first dose, when the they're at the heightest, I could do things, right? So I would start running at the heightest of the when when they start like reacting on my body. So I would take that opportunity to go out like running two minutes, three minutes and all that kind of thing. Because when you have pain from running, you can explain it. People understand mm, that you're in pain because you mm. run. Ten people that you have neuropathic pain, they don't understand that. So I started running because I will have a different kind of pain and I will be able to explain that pain. Wow. But as I started running, I started realizing three different kind of pains in my body, right? So I already had the the, the normal like chronic pains that is from missing the bones, missing the muscles and all that kind of thing. And there was the neuropathic pains that was all over the body. And then there was the running pains. But I I realized that the running pains, the more I increased the distance that I would go, the running pains would take over the neuropathic pains. Mm. My gosh. So So you're essentially substituting pains. So I was, yeah, I was substituting with pain. So, so if I changed my body and, and, and then I started running and, and over the years, so I think to date I've, I've run about four different, four half marathons and wow. I did the Paris half marathon last year and, and I was doing like 10 Ks. It would take, it would take me, it would take me hours and hours to finish. I was always last. I was always last, but it wasn't about that. It was about what was going on in my body. Mm. Like by the time I finished, like these people was back in tents. I was like, oh, "You're still on the way." <laughs> <laughs> but running, running did help me quite a lot because after running, I would come back and I would knock myself off for like a week, two weeks, or whatever. And then as I, as I went on, when I was running ten k, I was seeing that like I, after one week, I was fine. And then I could do another 10K and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So over the time, the running pain took over. But I wouldn't say that God hasn't helped in this because, man, Mm. 
and one crazy thing happened is like actually last year Easter. Last year Easter, I was like. I'm a volunteer as well. I volunteer a lot in in my community. Yeah, last year, yeah. I, I went, I went, I went distributing leaflets. So I had in my ears a message by um, Michael Todd. I, I was two hours uh, delivering this this thing, these leaflets, and he was talking about through his through through his tribe I'm healed, or you know that Bible by verse, Jesus, by his tribe. I said, okay. So I I started praying while I was doing that. And, and I was like, okay, all right then. So that was last year. It was, I think it must have been Thursday. It was the Thursday before Good Friday. The Thursday before Good Friday. So I said, okay, all right. By your strap, I'm healed. So like, look, I've been going to church all these years. Like people have been praying and some people will be healed right away. What is it that I'm doing that is so wrong that you don't want to mm. heal me? Like what's wrong with me? You already gave me like a rare disease, and now this devil thing doesn't want to give me peace. Like, there's more tumors only, only um, reach two, like five people in a million. So, like, five people in a million. Yeah. So, I'm already special. I was like, Yeah, thank you for the specialism, but I really don't want this pain. Like, can you take it away, please? <laughs> so, I said, Okay, so I'm gonna set you a challenge. Like, this is me talking to Jesus. Like, okay, I'm gonna set you a challenge because, like, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna pack up all my medication, I'm gonna put them on the back in a bag. Like, at the time, I was I was like I was still like on twenty pills a day, something called gabapentin. I and take one thousand milligrams for uh, three times a day, gabapentin. I was on two thousand six hundred a day. <laughs> I was on sixteen sixteen by three hundred a day. Wow! I was on six. Yeah, I was on six. So so when you saw me standing up, it was <laughs> it was like I was being kept up by the drug. So. So that Friday, I was still on that quantity. I said, okay, I'm going to go home, pack up all my medication and put them in a plastic bag because they're going, I'm returning it to the pharmacy. So came back on Thursday night, Friday, everything is closed. Like, you know, good Friday and all that kind of thing. Back to everything and decided that from Friday morning, I would not going to take any of my medication. Okay, Friday was okay. Because gabapentin can be addicted as well, mm. and you mm. you ha- you have to do it slowly. You have to quit it like slowly. Mm. So I decided to go like oh gung ho. It's like you say by your strap I'm healed. So here it is. Like I am challenging you for that. So mm. Friday night, Friday, okay, Friday all day. Like it's like Saturday. Okay, I switch off everything. Like I wasn't answering the phone because like I needed to focus on this pain because it wasn't leaving me alone. This is this is the weekend of Easter, like mm. not picking up the phone to my family, to anybody. I was I was doing something. Like Sunday. Okay. And I was saying, okay, if I manage to get to Monday, then I would definitely return the medication. Sunday night. Monday, three AM. I was like, oh, I can't deal with this. I was in tears. I was bawling. I was like, no, you didn't heal me. What the hell is going wrong with me? I was just like, I, was like, I can't deal with this anymore. Like, I was, I can't deal. So by the time I opened the bag to get my medication, <laughs> I was like, you know, sometimes God is sitting down. He looks at us and he thinks like, these kids are crazy. <laughs> so by the time i picked up my medication my bag of medication like i wasn't listening to anything anymore so i took my dose i took all my doses that that day i don't think i even ate that day because i spent the time in bed because you know when you're in pain it takes so much energy from you 
you you can't even lie and there's no point lying down because nothing's gonna happen like so when i took my medication like i think i was i was in bed all day and then i restarted my medication so that was in may and then i think at the end of may one of my uncles died and it was the last uncle from my mother's side. So he died mm. suddenly and it was really painful. And I was dealing with that on, on, on my own. And, and I think something happened a few days later. I don't know if I was absent-minded or I don't know. Because you don't know what your mind is doing. But that day I took double dose. Wow. Ooh. That Ooh. day I took double dose of my medication. I don't know what had happened, but my body wasn't happy about it. I think I think for about three days I was out of it. I got really scared. I got really scared, and I think it's from that time on that the quantity of my medication started reducing. I didn't need so much gabapentin every day. So, are you doing this with a medical professional advice or by yourself? By myself. I was like, I'm well, a child of God. Now, <laughs> as we go out to different people, we do not advise. This is a whole thing to walk oh, this out by herself. We do not advise that. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no, we do not advise we that. Do. We do not we advise do not that. Advise. Don't do it. If you're going to up titrate or down titrate any medication, seek Speak medical advice. and Definitely. Yeah, and listen to what your doctor is saying. But we have to say that we actually have to say that to you. I completely understand. I completely understand because my journey has been completely different, and I was on a different journey, and there were so many different circumstances. Anyway, little by little, by September, I was returning like a few boxes of my latest order of gabapentin, and since mm. then I've been just on on codeine. That's um, amazing. I wonder if you had dealt with your doctor, how far you would have gotten and what support. Medical gaslighting and medical uh, racism and microaggression is something that's faced by a lot of black people in medical community when they deal with uh, medical professionals. I have dealt with it. Hortons, you dealt with it for 12 years. Debola, I'm sure you've had your own I have dealt with it, yes. I definitely have dealt with it. And a lot more in America than here, but yeah, I have. You know, and if you look at the opioid crisis and the overprescribing of opioids and the people are getting addicted and then going on to street drugs, there is, uh, you can't ignore the fact that there's a lot less black people involved in that crisis. Yes, there are some, but we're not represented few in that it's a tragic crisis, right? However, we are not represented in that simply because we are underprescribed when we need medication and it takes longer to give us the help we need. So the fact that it took you 12 years and the fact that also, um, you know, you didn't have the trust to be like, okay, I'm ready to, to, to down, try trade and wean myself off of this. And there there was no trust. Yeah. Yeah. There there was no trust. And the other thing was the fact that we were in the middle of the pandemic as well. So this was 2020, like in the middle of the pandemic, it was practically impossible to get anybody. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's been a journey. It's it's been a journey, but you know, and, and I definitely do not. We have to remember as individual that what happens to me doesn't is not gonna happen for you. And remember, I have a whole history behind me, you know. Mm. So don't go try whatever works for me. Whatever works for me probably 
might not work for you and we are addicted i was really surprised that that i wasn't addicted to the to the thing so i i was really surprised that the the cut was so easy because my fear was always to be addicted because gabapentin can be addictive and so it is codeine so i was worried about having those um withdrawal symptoms yeah and there's also uh, in the disabled community especially in the black disabled community there's a lot of like i guess trauma with the faith healing world i would say yeah because yeah. tell me about that tell me about had... that <laughs> debola met we met debola because he tweeted about people coming to him and say oh you're in a wheelchair well you won't <laughs> I get that all the time literally <laughs> so I, get, I literally i get that all the time i even I, I had a tweet that went out last week that went viral again about something similar essentially I, a friend of mine was talking to me and saying oh come to my church come to my church and i, I was like okay cool yeah but obviously, I would ask, is it wheelchair accessible? That's the first thing and the most obvious mm, thing I would ask. Of course. And you know what my boy says to me? He says <laughs> that they don't need to be wheelchair accessible, that it's holy ground, that the church is holy ground. That's what he said, that once I get there, I'll be healed. And I said to him, how would I get into this holy ground if it's not wheelchair accessible? How, how does that make sense? That doesn't even make any sense at all. And he was like, oh. And I just had to, I had to tweet that experience out. Obviously, everyone just had a whole response to that as well. But it's, it just doesn't make sense. Like, this performative behavior that people have. Like, I'm not, I'm a Christian. Do you get what I mean? I'm a Christian and I believe in, in, in all of that. But at the same time, Christianity is not meant to fix people. That's not the job of Christianity. It's meant to guide your life. That's what it's supposed to do. Exactly. That's what religion is supposed to do for everyone, really. Some Christians need to understand that there are disabled people in the kingdom. And yes, uh, what of one of the most, do you know Johnny Erickson Tada? No. She is mm-hmm. wheelchair bound and she, her spinal cord and there's Nick Wojcik. Nick Wojcik, it has, it has no arm, no legs. Like when those people come at me, like when you are in the throat, your pain, these people, they start quoting the Bible to me. I'm like, look, what I need here right now is a hug. Like okay. the Bible, the book of Job, the book, the book of Job. Like I know it like the back of my hand. Okay? okay, so that is not what I need right now. I need a hug. Can you, know, you do and, that? I don't want you. And some people are so like like spiritually and heavenly minded that they become earthly useless <laughs> like they become yes, yeah. like, this is true. like yeah, yeah. This is true. they don't have the etiquette and stuff like that because no, i've had a lot of the people. emotional emotional connection they they're completely disconnected yeah i used to have mm, people say mm. oh come to my church and my pastor will pray for you and they'll sit you at the front and then they'll now take your crutches and they'll lift them no, up. And walk, walk to me bruh i can walk two steps but i'll be in pain you're not doing any- you and, they'll, and, and they'll tell you oh it's a it's a scene in your past. And so I've, I've had that. I've had that. Like, it's oh, yes. a scene in your past. Yes. Is it somebody that you haven't forgiven? Yes. It's like, at the, at the end, when the disabled withdraw, they do not understand because ultimately, and you have to be strong mentally to kind of withdraw because at some point in my church, it was like, okay, people was like, don't pray for me. Like, don't. <sighs> Thank you. Like, I, I, and, and it was like, food. I was like, yeah, I don't want prayer because one of the things like, and sometimes some days you will say, okay, yeah, maybe this time is a time where I'm actually going to heal, you know, because every time somebody pray for you, what they say, it kind of, it gives you hope, isn't it? It gives you a lot of hope. It gives you a lot of hope. Yeah. It gives you a lot of hope. And then when it doesn't happen, it crush you 
all over again. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, so I always have uh, blame because of my spiritual practices and the things that I believe. I was raised in a Christian household and, uh, and still am in a Christian household. And my mom just graduated from studying a degree in theology and she's now woke and she doesn't fall for any of the, the old church tropes. And I was like, I've been told you this is a scam. This is wrong. This, she was like, oh, but you know, I just thought you were just being the rebel because I'm always the rebel that's, I'm like, no, I smell it right. No, no. And I'm the very, let's, let's meditate. Let's recharge ourselves by bathing in the rain. Let's do grounding, you know, put your toes in the ground or in the sand and, you know, and very, very like, oh, this is a meditative practice that let's burn this. And mom's like, uh-uh. Uh, so people are always like, oh, well, you opened a door to your sickness through your, your, uh, you know, your demonic things that, that you believe. And I was Ooh. like, well, if that's the case, if that's the case, then it, it, it just defeats the whole objective of this forgiving and loving and, 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 uh, patient and ever loving father that we're supposed to all have. So I'm always very like, okay, um, if we're going to get along, let me work out my salvation with fear and trembling and let me let my intuition, uh, uh, lead me. And when I talk about my ancestors and when I talk about my meditating and my incense and stuff like that, mind your business. And that's not why I'm disabled. <laughs> Mind your business. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a Christian, like through and through, and and I believe in. I think ultimately we need to find God for ourselves. We need to we need to go know God for ourselves and read the Bible to understand it for ourselves. Because everybody, most people who teach the Bible to you, they they have a point of view, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like politics. And yes, it's just they, they only tell they, you they, their they, interpretations. That's all. Yeah, the, the interpretation, and ultimately you have to go back and and read and read your Bible. I have the the Bible in French. I have the Bible in English. I have different version of the Bible because I know God for myself. I know this journey hasn't been easy, but I can see the purpose. I can I can kind of see the purpose of the journey. The journey had a purpose. It's it just it takes it takes long, and I hate the fact that it's taking long. But I know that ultimately he's using it for his purpose of the kingdom. That's what I believe in. And even when I look at the the publications, like being on the independent, what the hell? Like in the independent on Sunday, like where does that come from? Mm-hmm. And and I believe that every time God unlocks the door, like my whole journey had a purpose and a lot of people had written me off. Right. So every, uh, so I'm forever asking God, like, okay, what was this for? What was this journey for? And I feel like every time I open a new box, it's like, Oh, you put that in there too. Let me go explore. Let me go explore. So I'm forever exploring. And every time I feel like he unlocks doors. Mm. Right. Mm. And I feel sometimes like a child, and God is my father. And it's just like, okay, I've unlocked that door. Do you want to see what is behind it type thing? And and I go and I open it. It's like me responding to the financial time. I was like, even when I responded to the financial time, it's because I read the financial time because I, I'm into stock. I've always dreamt about having stocks. 
So from time to time, I buy it to see what the prices are like. And the day when the call came through, I had just bought a copy of the Financial Time and there was a disabled person on the cover. So when I responded, it was almost almost like a mocking type thing. It was like, okay, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to be like, yeah, you're trying to normalize disability or whatever. So when I responded, it, I didn't even think that they were going to take my claim seriously, like my response seriously. Mm. And then having responded to the, to the question, and it turned out that I was an actual reader of the, the magazine. So it made it easy for me to be featured in that. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I, I love that. And have, look, so when I, what I see in you is a, is a joy and, uh, uh, like, and uh, we'll talk later that how it informs your life. And I mean, I, as a, individually, I've studied, uh, many religions, Zoroastrianism, Jainism, Islam, wow. and Buddhism. I've studied a lot of religions, uh, uh, Sikhism, Hinduism, and I've got friends in a lot of religions and, I always find certain tenants and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. This is where you, this is where you have it right. And I'm going to steal that because um, I found that there's <laughs> a lot in our own, we've even mentioned a lot of toxic cultural things that we, yeah. we, we've uh, developed. So when I see something that works, I'm like, wow. Wow, Jane nuns walk around with a broom sweeping their way so that they don't kill anything, even by mistake. They don't step on an ant because that's how tolerant they are. Zoroastrians are only merchants because they don't want to do any uh, uh, jobs or anything that hurts people. So when I, so when I say these things, we'd be like, oh, you heathen. You, you, you. But it's good. It's good to know. It's good to know what what each religion believe in, and it's you know you you have that advantage of understanding it. You know, yeah, and deep understanding and appreciate and respect. Listen with respect and don't listen to convert everyone. I beg, please, please, mm. please. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. faith I agree is with that. And, definitely and, agree with that. You know, beliefs and faith are like very strongly held things, and sometimes when you are just trying to bulldoze it, that's such an insult. And yeah. and when you impose certain things, and people have lost the art of okay, if you're really that passionate about that, then model your life in a way that's attractive to those people, yeah. and they'll be like, oh, yeah. I want the glow that she has. I want how you know she always forgives, and I want all that. If that's what you want, then go for that. But we respect all religions or non-religion mm. everyone is valid and everyone has a seat at the table and l- this whole thing of imperialistic and everyone else is a heathen and the v- 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 has kind of kind of rubbed me the wrong way and then with the whole ableism within the whole i've been like well me in my bedroom we will listen to our sermons we will meditate and when it rains we're gonna go out and bathe in it and we're going to feel good and burn our little incense and have our little South African worship moments and have our guided meditations. And whew. so which, 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 which of the religion is that one then? It's, um, it's very much Kimiism. Um, but, All right, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's rooted in, she, she, she be knowing Jesus too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but I, I think I think I think one one thing in in that has been lost in Christianity is often that 
the desire to impose our belief, what we believe on on people and trying to bulldoze our way into their life without allowing them time to understand it. And there are many reasons why some Christians are uh, have come out of church because the church the church can be used to hurt people. You know, hello, my name but is something. Like, <laughs> and and my journey hasn't been an easy one. Like I've I've learned people using Bible verses while they're beating me up, Ooh. like for no reason. You know, mm-hmm. and and we've seen or in, in Africa how people use Bible verse to like decide that a child is a witch. And do you see what I mean? Yes. So I've I've had to go through my journey of faith to understand who the Father was. Okay. To understand who the Father is to understand who the father is because he is my father. I'm his daughter. I am allowed to throw tantrum and to question him. <laughs> Not too much. I disagree with him. I, I say to people that I disagree with him, but in fact, it's me deciding that I'm not talking to to him for a whole day and then finding myself talking to him at the, the last minute because he is always present for me and mm. I'm always having conversation with me. And, and I'm saying to myself, Oh my gosh, remember that time when it was so bad I wanted to kill myself? Like, so, wow, wow, thank you so much. Like, I'm I'm forever, like, noticing the things that he's done for me, you know? I'm forever noticing Mm. the things that he's allowed me to do. And and I believe that every single part of our journey is made for somebody else because what I'm seeing now that he's bringing to my radar, like people who are at different stages of the life of health that I've had in the past. So I can tell to them, like, look me now. I am standing up. That's where you can be. Because I'm having that conversation from a point of knowledge. Do you see what That's I mean? That's amazing. Because, okay, mean. so Definitely. this has informed your life. Because I can see how, so we were talking about shielding. Debola, myself, and Hortens shielded through the panoramic. So for those who are outside the UK. <laughs> pandemic. This pantalone, <laughs> this panting pro-V. Uh, <laughs> I call it the panini. Everything but a pandemic. <laughs> but so, if anyone doesn't know the 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 sh- what's shielding? Well, according to gov.uk, it's a guidance for everyone in England who has been identified as clinically extremely vulnerable from coronavirus COVID nineteen, and this includes people who have been identified by the NHS to be clinically extremely vulnerable, and those identified through the COVID nineteen population risk assessment. Oh, she did her research, honey. So all of those identified have been added to the shielded patient list so from the beginning of little miss corona lachey virus we started as shielders right as people who were um i mean we all got the golden ticket and were told you know you didn't get a letter did you get a text yeah, or anything did, like that no i didn't i didn't get anything it's like you know Given my state and my medication, you know, when I didn't receive it, I, I was okay with it because, oh my, like given the medical history that I've had and all that kind of, I just said to myself, you know what, don't try and combat it. But I had already decided that even if I had received it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stay at home because I was on a mission. <laughs> wow. Mm. So what, but can I just ask? So why why did you make that decision? Just just interesting, just out of interest. 
because I, I I feel that I felt that as as a Christian who read her Bible, this wasn't a surprise to me. Okay. When when you look when when you look at across the world, you you are seeing there's flooding, there's forest fire, there's this, there's that, there's that, there's uh, Ebola, there's um, insects. As like people in the UK, they think they think that it's not gonna happen in the UK, right? But every time I see that, I say to myself, well, if it was happening here, what would I be doing? Would I be among the people hiding? Or would I be among the people looking for an opportunity to help? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Mm. For an opportunity to help. Because I, I feel that lately, Christians are trained to be scared of stuff. Like, wow. the Bible says that God, God has given us the, the the strength to, like, tread on serpent's head and, and go out and represent him. We are the salt and the light of the earth. It's like... Okay, this is our period to do something. Like, there's gonna be some people out there that have no faith, that that are completely confused, and no. If you can bring them a little bit of help, like the the Bible has already warmed. Like you have seen it happening. What are you What are you gonna do if that happened in your doorstep? What will you be doing? So you're on the complete other end of the spectrum because you're like, okay, nope. I've been warned. I read my revelations. I know what's going to happen. I have a mission. <laughs> and then me and Debola on the other side are like, okay, so what's not going to happen is me catch Miss Rona and end up intubated yes. on no one's hospital. Because I, sh- I was a strict shielder. I was a strict- yeah, I was as well. I was very, very strict. Yeah, so different people have different levels. You know, since, since I didn't receive the letter, for me, it was carte blanche for me. It was like, okay, you're free to go. <laughs> Oh, wow. So for you, you did you you decided that I fall under the category may have fallen through their fingers and they didn't send me a letter, but I know that I'm. I, I'm not gonna try and find out why. <laughs> I'm not gonna try and find out why, but I was still on my repeat prescription. But yeah, you know, and to be honest, like I've been through hell with my health already. Like help, hell has already come and gone. Do you see what I mean? And it's just like, okay, I've been healed. I can still walk around. And my my worry, my main worry was mostly for the elderly. So uh, during the whole period, I was managing some volunteers in my area. So it's, uh, Croydon created something, the Croydon Mutual Mutual Aid. And in the beginning, I wasn't gonna go and help. Um, doing things physically because obviously I can't carry much with my with my left hand and and I get pretty tired like walking around and I'll be in pain and all that kind of thing so originally the idea wasn't that I would go out the idea was that I was gonna manage the volunteers and send them where the need would be but it became very difficult to find all the volunteers to do all the stuff so I had to do some of it Wow. Mm. So you went out actively into the community during the height of the pandemic. Yeah, but there wasn't a lot of people. Out, so I was taking all my precautions mm-hmm. and it's very know. brave. That's very brave. I have to say I didn't have I don't have the courage to do that, but that's very brave that you could do that. I'm a child of God and he said he would protect me. So like I, I I'm also I a child of God, but still that's very brave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got the same but, you know dad, what? but yeah. I think we have different deals because I was like <laughs> But you, you 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 know what? I think I was in a different maybe suicidal, maybe? I don't I don't know. I was in a different length. Like <laughs> I I was 
I wasn't going to stay indoors inactive because I had already, you, you know, even when the, when the riots were in Croydon, when the riots yeah, were in I Croydon, I, I was, I, I was out volunteering. Like I was wow. like volunteering because that's where, that's where my heart is. No matter where we are, there's always somebody worse off mentally than we are. Do you mm. see what I mean? Yeah. So if that's I can bring that bit, that bit of relief to them, even if I'm scared as shit and my shoes like if i can bring them that bit of relief okay, okay. like it's it, is there any was there any time that you felt you know maybe that you know you've been out there you know obviously volunteering because it's a very noble thing you are doing it's very inspirational very courageous it's, it is very uh but do you ever feel like you know if you were to to catch the corona for example how would that affect your ability to help others? Is that was there another way you would think you would be able to help people if it came to you, it came knocking? Did you ever even think you could catch it? In in the beginning, so when all these things started, I was I had gone to for the Paris half marathon. So okay. in March on the the Paris half marathon, I think was on the second of March or something like that. So I arrived in Paris on the first. We got all our stuff. It was on the Saturday, and then they told us um, they cancelled it at five o'clock. And the, the thing was at nine o'clock the next morning. So some of us who had traveled anyway, we decided to go on the street anyway and do it. There was about 5,000 of us. So here is everything is shot in Paris, but here is us in the street, high-fiving and hugging and all that kind of thing. During the pantaloni? At, no, like in March, 2020, like in the beginning when it was starting, okay, okay, like Paris okay. was shutting down, when it was shutting down, yeah. like in UK, the, remember that UK take, took 23 days to properly react to it. What so by the time I came back, that. I took, I took, I took the coach back. Like coach is like eight hours in an enclosed space with a whole lot of people. Whew. So I came back. That no same social week distancing. I came back. No social distancing because it wasn't a thing oh in the UK God. yet. So came back in that same week. I had a conference that I was volunteering in for five hundred people. So when like if if I was to catch it, that would have been the week. And guess what? I think I did catch it. <laughs> I did catch it because you you it. at the end, uh, yeah, I, because at the end of that week, at the end of that week, I started to be ill. Wow. So Ooh. I had no, t- I had no smell. I had no taste and I, I didn't eat for about, uh, for about maybe a full week or something like that. And I had lost about 10 kilos on, on during that short period of time. I went to see my GP. My GP said to me, oh, it's probably a stomach bug. At that time, they had not put the list, the, the, the no taste, no hungry type thing okay, on the, so all the, on the list of were symptoms. Not known yet. They, they were not known yet. So yeah, I, I took my antibiotic. But after two days of the antibiotic, I was convinced that it wasn't that. So I shifted. And then, and then, and then I went out for a run because I, after like when I was breathing, it was a bit difficult to to breathe. So I thought I'm gonna test my run. Yeah, you, my, you my had lungs. the run off. Yeah, you definitely had the run off. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so I, I thought I I, 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 <laughs> I thought I would test my lungs to see how far it is. So I went for a little run, and my my lungs were irritated a bit. But not as bad as as it could have been. So, I, and I thank God for the for all the running that I was doing, and I and I think I did I did catch it. It's just that I wasn't accounted for everybody like everybody else. But I I was really careful in the stuff that I was doing, even helping in the community. We were standing standing on their outside, and sometimes people were speaking to us through through door through letter boxes, and they would give us their list. What stands out to me is your selflessness. You want to serve, right? 
I really admire that you threw yourself to serving people. And all I keep on hearing is, well, I volunteered here, I volunteered here, I volunteered here. So I have to applaud, you know, your your heart for service. And yeah. we're going to work on, on you, you know, listening to uh, medical advice and staying put. But, you know, maybe the Lord himself going to have to tell you himself because ain't no human. If I was listening to medical advice, if I was listening to medical advice, I wouldn't be able to use my 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 left arm right now. If I was listening to med to all medical advice, Mm -hmm. because sometimes they advise the medical advice the worst. And then and then you have to uh, then you have to have a a chat with your body. You have so to have you a use your intuition to lead you and you know yeah no i understand i understand that yeah so i i had i have something so my my last major surgery it was a they, they had to take a, a growth out and it was like a c-section right Whew. so that place hasn't healed properly but it's almost like my uh my temperature checker so when I touch there and it's hard, it means that my body need rest. Wow. Right? When it's relaxed, it means that I am good to go. So that yeah, has become my body temperature. You have a That has become my body temperature. You have a built Yeah. Thermometer. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it tells me, it's almost like all the nerves have gathered on that single place. Wow. And when they are not happy, it says like, okay, whatever you got planned today, just put it aside. Like, just put it aside. Yeah. So yeah, just cut it out. What, what is this? When I was uh, asking you, you had an anecdotal thing about that. I asked you, I we had a short notice, and you said something that made me laugh. I can't remember. I can't say it, like the way you said it, but you said that's too short notice. I need to trick my body or something. Oh, and I need to. <laughs> to tell my brother that we're doing this <laughs> yeah. yeah basically basically right i've got okay you see this this is like this is my diary okay i've got a paper diary i've got a diary on my computer and i've got a diary on my phone right i i don't do things last minute because i need to tell my body like we need to be like okay that we're doing this so we need to mm. know that we're doing this on this day right so that like you don't start hurting the day before so we can cancel it. <laughs> it's like my my body, like even when we need to, when we need to, like I told my body, like my body's like three people, right? So <laughs> when we need, when we need to go run, when we need to go run, like my mind need to start the conversation with my body like two days in advance. <laughs> two days in advance because you know what? When I go running, I'm in pain and then we need to deal with that pain. Right. So that conversation start and we need to like be mentally ready for to deal with whatever comes comes next. But once mm. the mind is convinced, the body would ultimately follow because it, it starts in the mind. So once the mind is there, then the body follows. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What are we thinking, Uncle Dibola? What are we saying? What what's your take? What's your shooting experience? How have you been going through this? What's well, well, first of all, like you know, this is this is is actually really inspirational and really powerful hearing you speak about how you decided to be so selfless in this. I wish I had that courage. I do wish I had that bravery. But for me, when I got, um, I actually did get an official letter for the whole shielding thing, and when I got it, I, I said to myself that, like, "Yep, I'm I'm not going to die." So. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> gonna do what they say and stick myself at home. And at the time I was living alone, so I had an apartment in Wembley and I was living by myself. So I had to obviously declare that and they were sending me food. It's horrible. Oh my god. Oh, wow. Pasta. Wow. Dried white ass <laughs> pasta. Um yeah, they were sending me like a crate of food every week, which had just not to be rude, but you know, Caucasian food. That's the only way I can describe it. Like um, you know, some some people were putting those pasta. They were making it available to give to other people who needed food. Yeah, some so I did was, that. So yeah, eventually, yeah. that's what I started to do. So I said to myself that you know, I had a lot of people that were hungry and stuff. I had been one of the people who stockpiled when I heard things were going left. So I stockpiled everything I needed to make my African dishes. Because so I'm you're the kid. reason the shelves were empty. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's because of me there was no flour. It's literally because of me that there was no flour. But yeah, I, I did I didn't stockpile ridiculously, but I had enough to make sure that, you know, because I could I could quite easily tell that something was going wrong when I went to Tesco in the second week of March. And I went there and there was just not just a toilet roll. It's no toilet roll at all. What's going on? Mm-mm. And um I just told myself, okay, cool. These are the things you eat, you know, make sure we just stock these. Have enough for two weeks or three weeks maybe. Because if something goes wrong, you can't fight for food. Because being yeah. a wheelchair user, you know, you know, you can't. I can't struggle with people and drag, drag, you know, I don't yeah. know, stuff with people in the supermarket. So I said to myself, mad, exactly. When people go crazy, I can't. And I'll tell you a second story in a second uh, that happened to me. You know, in the first month or two of of COVID. So I wasn't going to do all of that. So I just said, you know what? I'm just going to stockpile the stuff I needed, and that helped me. And obviously, when the council started sending me food. I would take the stuff I needed and likes. I took the rice and all of that kind of stuff. But the pasta, the the beans and all of that stuff, I just, my apartment had like a whole collection box thing that people could donate food. So I just would just donate food. And I thought that was my way of helping somebody else. That was the best I could do within the confines of being safe. But the thing about me is that I don't, I don't particularly like drinking tap water. So I'd buy bottled water. So I just I just go okay, to Costco and buy water. Single so use plastic bougie. That's not cost. In it sustainability. Hello. Oh my God! Yeah, I know you're gonna say Killing that. The planet. I know you're gonna say that. <laughs> but yeah, so I <laughs> I went to um I think it was in April. I think when we just got locked down properly. So I went to Costco to go buy 
um, water. And first of all, I got there and I saw the queues in Costco. And I thought, first of all, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to sit down here in two-hour queue, you know, about to get corona from anybody. So I went around to the front and asked the person there. And I said, oh, you come coming through the exit, which is a hallelujah. Yay. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> this is one of the few times when disability is helpful. Amen. Yeah. So I went into the back and I got myself just, I think it was just two, no, no, one crate of water. It was just one crate of water. I literally got there with the disabled trolley. Got there, put my water on the trolley. I went back to the till. That's all I wanted, just one water, nothing else. Just water. I got there, paid for my stuff. The little auntie who was there, she was always nice to me, so she was very friendly. She paid for my, I paid for my stuff. Just my little three pounds. And I went down to my car, and I put in the boot. I opened the boot of my car to put the water in the boot. So as I opened the boot of my car, this guy comes through and picks up the water. And I was looking at him like, oh, what a nice guy. He's going to put it in my boot for me. <laughs> He looked me straight no. in the eye. He looked me straight in the eye, like in the eye, and turns off and walks off. And he walks no. off. I think. No, I think I, I took. I think I, I think about it. I think, okay, maybe I don't know. Maybe he walked around the corner. I just thought, oh, maybe I took like a shit crate of water and he's about to give me a, a nice one, or he's trying to be like, oh, let me let me help you. No, so I, I wasn't quite getting what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, yeah, I just thought it oh, was too much. <laughs> I thought, oh, maybe this is Costco stuff, just trying to say, oh, no, you got the wrong one. Let me help, go help you get it. Or maybe he was just trying to be nice. So he went around the corner and I just, I waited for there for like 30 seconds. I thought, wait. So I walked around <laughs> to the corner just to see what's happened. And man's bolted with my crate of water. And I remember, and I came back to my car and I sat there and I was just like, wow. <laughs> we're still in three pound water now. <laughs> that's, what the wow. That's what we're doing. We're still, wow. <laughs> Because clearly he must have been in the queue for a long time and, and saw me come. Yeah. And he just thought, yeah. So he came, took it and, and, and walked off. And I went and back in and got off. another I just walked off. So I got, went back in, got, got another one. And when I went to pay for it, the auntie that was there was like, oh, don't pay for it. It's fine. Because I told her what happened. And um, I went home. And at that point, I knew two things. One, being disabled wasn't going to be the one in this corona time. It's best I stay my ass at home because... I can't yeah. defend myself. I can't fight. <laughs> I best stay my ass at home. That's the first thing that came to my mind. And second is that people will do the despicable things when they are desperate. Mm, and yeah. I'm an easy target. Mm, and I told myself, yeah. look, Debola, you're an easy target. Don't don't put yourself out where you could be targeted. Lock yeah. yourself in your apartment and stay Definitely. there. Don't leave except you have to leave. So unfortunately, lucky yeah. for me, I had a very good relationship with the local Tesco downstairs. So every time I needed something, I would call them and they would put it to one side for me um, in a bag and everything. All I had to do was come with cash, pay, and literally go back out. You know, wow. just without having to shop through the aisle. And literally, they will put in like a little black backpack for me and stuff. No, it's just, but literally, think about it. And so when, you know, people talk about shielding, it wasn't just shielding because you're, you're you know, protecting yourself from the corona because you had a, a sickness or illness that was that was chronic. It was also something to do with the fact that it was not safe for people who were disabled safe, yeah. to be out there. Yeah, and that is yeah. something that people didn't realize. It was it just wasn't safe. We were vulnerable, we were easy target, and a lot of people were targeted. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people a lot of people were targeted. But you, you know, if I walk around, you would not know. Uh, unless you observe me long enough, you will not know that I have a disability. At the at the height of my uh, neuropathic pains, I was literally 
walking like the slowest work walker like you will catch me at 7 a.m watching the sky because i was trying to make it cool but you know but unless unless you you look at me unless you you know me and you look at me you will not you know that, I have a that you're not your usual self yeah yeah, yeah so, that's the epitome but, of you know inv- but we can't compare that's the epitome of an invisible di- illness or invisible disability isn't it yeah yeah but and and you will notice like and i often walk because the hand is heavy i tend to wear a lot of trousers with with pockets so i, I tend to walk in the street like looking really cool with my hand in my pockets so, <laughs> it's not by choice oh wow <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> Wow. Yeah, no, a bone loss, muscle loss, anything like that. Oh, I can and the fact that you run on that. Yeah, I when I when I run, this hand doesn't doesn't move around. So I I pull with one arm. I pull with one arm because like this this arm it it gets actually really painful if I'm doing a very long distance. But those are the stuff was like, yeah, I can do this. Like, I'm going to go and do it and, and see what happens. <laughs> You're one resilient woman. I mean, we're running out of time, but my, my, my own shielding experience was that I got the letter. But before that, I started shielding in February. <laughs> Once I heard there was Miss Rona and you could just uh, and get it, I said, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, with long life, he'll satisfy me, but I might have to, you know, guard it. <laughs> you know, I have to do my thing. And, and, and you know, it literally, I just knew home was what it was. And having been bed bound for like seven years, it's home and bed and whatnot. I, it, it wasn't as if I'm going out just gallivanting and having fun and every day. I was going out every day. But I'd be going out, let's say, have my wheelchair with my carer with the, and then have dinner or lunch with some friends or drinks or, or you know, I like to go to the shops and, 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 you know, touch the produce and whatnot. And, you know, and I'll be tired the next day. I'm not pushing the wheelchair, but I'm tired. Or, um, you know, if it's a short, uh, a driving, and I have like less than 10 steps to take then I can take my crutches with me and it was just I was feeling like after being completely bed bound for about five years I was starting to unfurl and enjoy like one day out and then crash for a week and not be able to walk or move myself again or whatever and then regenerate and then do another one day and then like crash for seven days yeah so I you know I was enjoying that but you know as soon as February came I had had uh, appointments in town with like official offices i said no no sir um i'm not i'm not risking it no anybody got time for that so i sh- made myself shield before i was told to shield so and um the only time i've gone out since 2020 february was last week or two weeks ago from a mom's graduation the day before my birthday 13th of july and then on my birthday day 14th of july i was too ill to go anywhere and then on the sunday of that week we went out for brunch i'm like double mask and visor 
I'm hand sanitizing every <laughs> time and it's just it's a mental thing and have also it doesn't help having being diagnosed I this is if there's what well, I've been diagnosed with seven like uh, like physical conditions but this mild OCD I'm like no no and about God no d- d- leave me miss me with that my, literally I took my, mm-hmm. my GP was like you have mild OCD I was like your mama no and then uh, <laughs> I'm almost like whoa no you don't you don't say that I was like no you don't accuse me of things I don't I just wash my hands excessively <laughs> leave me alone so it doesn't help that my head already tells me that germs germs that's why mm. I can't use the 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 underground because I can feel the germs mm. I can feel it on my skin and I just feel like I need to run away and the air is thick and and everything like it's, it's just so germy and grimy and I, I need to hold on to things, but I, I can't because it's filthy. And I literally used to wear gloves on the underground. And I used to, if I don't have my gloves, I'm excessively sanitizing after touching anything and finding yeah. the nearest place to wash my hands. And I have a routine that I wash my hands three times. And the last time has to be really, really, really hot water. And then I feel like, okay, the germs are dead. So it's like, I, I always, before, you know, this whole pan- I already had like an internal battle. So now that you know that surfaces could be contaminated, imagine how much that's accelerated. But in our disabled community, a lot of people from the 19th of July were scared and apprehensive because of the no mask uh, mandate. So we're going to close with this. How did you feel about the no mask mandate? No, mate. I wear my mask. I, I wear my mask and if I jump on the bus, I sit where nobody else can sit behind me. Yeah. Because they will get hatch like, no, I try, I'm, I'm paranoid in, in the shops. I'm really paranoid. So, and when I'm queuing, like I'm able to get off the queue just so that I can get that distance. Like people are right behind me. I was like, what's the matter with you? Just <laughs> get here behind me sitting. So <laughs> I move out of the queue and I queue, I queue, I queue from the side of the queue. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just so that I can create that distance. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a, like I take risks, but you know, I still have that kind of like, I'm still very conscious of that germs in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't elaborate, but from the 19th of July, 2021, there's no longer a legal requirement in the UK to wear face coverings in indoor settings on public transport. So uh, the, the gov.uk website says that lifting restrictions does not mean the risk from COVID-19 have disappeared. But this new phase of the panoramic response, we are moving to an approach that enables personal based judgments baby did you see people during the world cup the the um the 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 football madness those are the people people that were literally putting firecrackers up their the the bum bums those are the people you want to use discretion to 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 not wear masks bojo are you okay annie are you okay like (sighs) yeah i thought that was i thought that was very short-sighted to be honest with you i I I understand um, lifting restrictions because obviously we've all been tied down a bit and giving people the choice to come out if you want to. But as long as you're in exposed spaces, I think that you should still wear your mask. I think that the whole no mask mandate was just very short-sighted and just very, I don't know, it wasn't properly thought out. You know, it's it's, it's just quite silly, I think. I think that the wise thing to do is say, okay, cool. The cases have fallen. Keep wearing your mask. Keep sanitizing. Keep washing your hands. 
But okay, by all means, go clubbing, do all of this stuff as well. Do you get what I mean? You know, I think the way we do it when we go to go out and eat in restaurants where you come in with your mask and you take it off where you want to eat, that's all right. That makes sense. But when you're living there, wear your mask on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it, 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 a lot of disabled people. So because of Dope Black Disabled, I'm plugged into the disabled community. And Hortense and I run in the same disabled circles with activists and people who are doing uh, um, a lot of businesses and causes that are related to or catered for the disabled community. So I was able and like activists and whatnot. And I was able to see in real time people just freak out like. This is going to affect our community in a bad way because a lot of us are immunocompromised. We're more prone to, to chronic illness and some of our disabilities may be medical, right? And some of us may be, you know, an, an illness that has resulted in a disability. So the disabled community has been very apprehensive about this no mask mandate. And the, uh, and I mean, shielding was lifted. The whole shielding thing was lifted in April, right? We no longer needed to shield. I got the letter and I was like, wait, 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 wait. So, so, um, did Miss Rona said that she was going to take her foot off the gas? Um, I know, right? Like these people <laughs> act as if, really as if, sense. yeah, these people act as if like Corona is like okay. Tomorrow midnight, they say I should stay at the door. Like okay, tomorrow midnight, I will stay at the door. Okay. I was like, hello, hello. <laughs> I totally get that. It was crazy. It's just like when they started the curfews things as well. Like, Corona doesn't come alive at midnight. You get what I mean? It's always there. It doesn't matter if you go by 11 o'clock. I know. It doesn't so, make any sense. It's so arbitrary. Mm, yeah. Mm, it's, I agree. It's, it's, and you know what? And and it's for, sadly, we have to really think about this and take our disposition. And whatever these people are saying, like, it helps you to understand the behavior of the largest community, but make sure that you shield yourself, that you protect yourself, and yeah. that you do whatever you need to do to keep safe and and healthy because like you already have so many challenges and yeah you know you don't want to add on anything that is that you could have taken care of yourself you see what i mean yeah, yeah. just just yeah. let let the crazy people go on their side over there just make sure that you stay on one side you stay over there with your no I mask do. but as for yeah. me and my household we're from the mask we, are <laughs> we will have masks. We will have sh- uh, face shields. We will have all of the above. They'll be like, do you want a mask or a face shield? Yes. Just give me both. No, that's it. <laughs> Everything. But we're coming to the close of, we have today is a longer episode, but this was such an organic and beautiful conversation that flowed and covered so many it, it just it just flowed in a way that we hadn't mm. even planned. This was supposed to be just little <laughs> Corona Denise the virus, and we're supposed to talk about Corona Denise, but we ended up talking about you know everything from faith, from all of all of the above, and these are the enriching conversations that I live for. And it's so beautiful because Debola Hortons and I are part of the inner family the group of the private group and the dope black family course, yeah. so we have we just had a family reunion yeah that's what we did literally that's what we did it's, it's that is conversation isn't it it's, it's just how conversation go like the conversation allows you to to change subjects and then you go far left and then you come back and that's what 
it's beautiful about being organic and and yeah. not in a controlled environment in some ways you know you know so, um, it's a treat for our listeners so we <laughs> close with well say with your chest now Miss Hort has already said it with her chest at the beginning, but she said everything with her chest already. I can't even laugh. I, I can't remember. I can't remember what I said. <laughs> so you get to see another thing with your chest. So, a say with your chest is a segment to finish off the show with an attitude. So, what guilty pleasure are you defending? What happened in pop culture you're annoyed with? Oh, who do you want to shower with love? Or what? What hot take do you have that you want to say with it? chest so guests first hortons what do you feel like saying with your chest okay i feel like saying to the with, with the with my chest what should i to, to the community um to the community do not let society define who you are Ooh. you know within yourself who you are mm. and just pursue who you are because society tells you that you are unskilled, that you are stupid, and that you are defined by your disability. Yeah. But before your disability was there, you were you. Ooh. Therefore, use what God created you to be because you got skills. I tell you, I've got a cousin. The first disabled person that I really saw was a cousin in Cameroon. And the guy was a, a math genius. And he was creating computer program in the 80s. He was disabled. He had no legs. And he was on the bike that you do with your hands. That oh. guy inspires me so, so, so much, you know. And it's just like, wherever we are lacking somewhere, we have so much more in there. Like, it's doubled up in there. So, use it. Make use of it. And go out there and show them that, like, you're judging me. I am more than you. Er, she said that. And she said that's from her. That's what she said with her with her chest. She said, and that's from period. Yeah. <laughs> now, Oga Dibola, what would you like to say with your chest? With that, your buff. Mine is actually. <laughs> mine is actually so simple today. Um, with everything we've heard today, I just think there's two things that I have to say. The first is that you know, despite what all the doctors and medical advice is. Remember that you know your body more than anyone else. You trust in your body more than anyone else. And when everyone is telling you to consume anything, make sure you research and understand what goes into your body. There are specialists out there who are specialized in different things and who have all different things to say. Make sure you are understanding what advice you are being given at all times. And just once you understand that, the rest of it is easy. Listen to your doctors, but understand what they're telling you. Don't just listen to them because they've said it. Wow. So I'm going to go off of that and say that, yes, you are your own advocate, right? This is dope black disabled. So um, a lot of black people, as we said, uh, suffer a lot of microaggressions in the medical community and and uh, while seeking medical treatment. You know, we have a family friend who went into hospital with COVID and did not receive the best care and was sent home. No prescription, nothing. And like nothing, like wasn't treated in a way that probably, you know, someone else would have. And all all throughout, there were so many microaggressions and so many racially informed uh, things that happened to him. And you just could not deny it. Right. So we are our own advocates. Show up and advocate for yourself. That's the first thing. However, you know, yes, do your research. 
But when they've been knowing what they're talking about, listen to your doctor, you know, just listen to your doctor, listen to your body, listen to your intuition, you know, find healing where you can find it. But what I would say is listen to science, listen to your doctor, take the doctor's instructions and your intuition and certain things will lead you to a beautiful place. But as long as like science is, is, is informing you somewhere in there, you know, we don't, we, we don't want to go into pseudoscience now. We don't want to, we don't want the pseudosciences now, but I believe in you and I believe that you make good decisions. And I believe that, you know, you know, that, you know, your body more than anyone knows it, but all, if I could take, if you could take anything away from this, advocate for yourself. You are your own Olivia Pope. Okay. Yes. So, so the closing segment is harmony for the homies. You are all homies, and you know when they close church, they give the harmony. So, hey, homie, we speak a blessing over you, and we say that you know we've come to the part of the podcast where we part ways, and we hate to see you go, but we're sending you off with a blessing and good health and protection and prosperity. And may your God bless you. We love you as you are. And we want to thank our guest, Miss Hortense Julian, the CEO, chef, honey, <laughs> creator, decorated, beloved, and written about owner of Miss Nang Treats. If you haven't ordered by now, what you're doing with yourself? Charcoal. Who thought to use charcoal and orange peel? And coat nuts in it and make it yummy. <laughs> so can we just, yes, please. <laughs> so it was such Thank an you. honor to have you. Thank you. Follow me on Instagram as well. Yes, Fueled by Nuts, at Fueled by Nuts, and at Miss Nang Treats. We'll have it in the description. But it was such a joy to have you. You represent Thank a you. lot of people. There'll be a lot of people who do not align, their whose beliefs do not align to, you know, what you believe and what you stand for with so much uh, conviction. But it's so refreshing that even if, you don't see it that way. Someone has such a bold and beautiful way of putting it and lives their light out loud. I always tell you that you live your light out loud and it's so beautiful. And, you know, they say this little light of mine, I'm going to let it No, this big light of mine, <laughs> you have let it shine. So it was beautiful to sit Amen. with you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us. I hope you like us as much as we like you. Join us for bi-weekly episodes where we'll continue these conversations. In the meantime, connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dope Black Disabled and follow us on Twitter at DB Disabled. See you soon.